Tough times in our country, folks. We need our best thinking. What tools are you bringing? We're trying to help. We're glad you're here. Happy New Year. And here we go! Woo! Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new year and a new episode of Critical Thinking for Everyone. Indeed, and you are probably listening to Critical Thinking for Everyone on 106.5 FM, WFMPLP, Forward Radio, Louisville, Kentucky, which is being broadcast out of the Hayburn Building. And let me just say, we always need 20 bucks a day to do our broadcasting. And that could come from you, and we hope that you go to forwardradio.org and maybe give some of that money or... Offer to join our board so you can stop us from broadcasting the show um, or any number of other things. You could also go and check out our information about this show and back episodes and stuff on both our Facebook page, Critical Thinking for Everyone, and on SoundCloud, Critical Thinking for Everyone, which is on the Forward Radio page. And I am Brian Barnes, and you're welcome. And, and you're welcome. So. Wow, that was a lot of information. Thank you, Brian. Uh, I'm Patty Payette. I am the co-host of this fine show. And we are just happy to have you along, whether you're a regular listener or whether you're new. And Happy New Year, whether you're regular or new. That's right. We want a Happy New Year for everyone. And this show is all about... Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's because... We are. We know that the quality of your life is connected to the quality of your thinking. Oh yeah, critical thinking show. Remember that whole thing? Remember uh, that whole aphorism? That's that we, right, that's a good one, probably. Unless what you really wanna do is just party, party, party and not worry about the consequences, in which case that is a bummer aphorism. And in that case, you probably have COVID and you're probably sick right now, so. Oh man, partiers don't have COVID. Party on, people! Well, we have some fun cornucopia of topics today. Yeah, we certainly should have some cornucopia of topics. Yeah, all related to critical thinking. We hope. Yeah. Yeah, we think so. Yeah, that's the continuity. That's the thread. Sure. And so I do have, for those who are interested, jokes. (laughs) Yeah, apparently a lot of people love your jokes, Brian. Before we get into jokes, do you want to maybe give us a little report on what happened with our feedback? Um, yeah, and also I'll just give a quick uh, thumbnail review uh, view of what we're going to talk about today. Thank you, Patty. Um, so uh, last month, which was December of 2020, Brian and I pushed out an anonymous survey and asked our fine listeners and fans to give us feedback and thank you all for weighing in giving us some great input things you like things you don't like about the show things that you want to see more of we've been so happy with your feedback thank you it was great and i want to add that one of the things that we heard from more than one person is they want us to bring the jokes back that's right. A lot of people really seem to like these jokes. I know it. So, Brian, you you got to bring it. I brought it. Um, as a matter of fact, I want to 
send a shout out right now to Larry, my father, who gifted me with new joke books so that I could uh, get some new material on the show. Thank you, Larry. All right, so let's see what we do. Well, so we're well, gonna- first, Wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm curious. What would, would give us a little view of what, oh, wait, I forgot to say what we're gonna show, what we're gonna talk about before you do your jokes. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to, because it is early January, we're going to talk about some of the research on resolutions that will surprise you. I'm already surprised. You're going to be very surprised and delighted at, at some of the things coming down the pike on the research on resolutions. And I have some very juicy update on some research about COVID. But this is not a health, this is not a public health show per se. No, we've had public health professionals, but no. We have, we have. We don't, we we don't even that. try to play them on the radio. We are, <laughs> we, we, we are not that, we are not those individuals. Okay. So anyway, what joke, which, uh, tell us about these joke books. All right, well, I'm just going to talk about the one for today. It is, okay. these are, I suppose, in some sense, tried and true. This is the Prairie Home Companion joke book. Are you kidding? Nope. So you know that show that was on NPR forever, right? Garrison Keillor's show, yep. Yeah, the Me Too Crushed Garrison Keillor. Well, he deserved it. Anyway, this is the sixth edition of this joke book. Did he deserve it, though? He says he did. Really? He well, said he deserved it? He wasn't happy about it, but he said, you know, if other people are getting, you know, are, are being uh, uh, hurt by this, you know, their careers being hurt by this, then he thought that what he did probably was in the same category. I mean, I don't- Oh, really? That's my understanding. I don't, I mean, I only heard one uh, or two news stories about it at the time. But my understanding was he- there were things about the sort of, you know, like he didn't like that this is what we were doing or whatever, but he he saw that there was a certain justice in it. Interesting. Okay. So. All right. I just hmm. interesting. All right. Perhaps perhaps Garrison Keeler for another show. Yes. He's definitely making money off this joke book. I'll say that. So, so you said it's a sixth edition. Sixth edition of the pretty good joke book. From a prairie home companion. Oh, wow, six, and it looks pretty thick for you're holding it up to the camera. It, it is super thick. It's got it's got a bunch of jokes, bunch of categories, bunch of stuff I haven't necessarily read before. Okay. I picked a few. What we're gonna try to do here is we're gonna try to talk through on our show, like we uh, sort of traditionally have done, although not by any means always. We're gonna talk through. Um, some jokes after I tell the joke and we're going to try to figure out both how it's funny and also what is the thinking that goes into it that you have to do to kind of appreciate it whether you find it funny or not if okay. to appreciate whatever's going on in the joke okay all right mm -hmm. ready all right ready to go a German walks into a bar and orders a martini the bartender asks dry the German says Nine, just one for me. Oh, oh, you have to know how to count in German to get that one. You have to know how to count in German. 
right? So yes. dry is three in German. Yes, I'm right? dry. Yeah. Yeah. So so the entire joke rests upon some basic knowledge of German, which of course not everybody's gonna have. So this is you know, we're just getting started. We got a few jokes here out of the book. So is Garrison Keeler assuming a certain level of language facility uh, to, for these? I mean, that seems kind of like a rarefied audience. Well, I do think that, um, you know, on your Prairie Home Companion, if you will, they have various segments that are often, um, you know, part like ethnic, you know, knowledge is part of his gags so often on that show mm, okay uh, in some mm -hmm. very light way you know and so language jokes of this type i think would fall into that category you know i think the delivery would be maybe a little more effective if you could have the german speaking person you could when you represent their if you say it with a thick german accent yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that on the show he made that happen. Uh, in Can you Grand do that? Company. No, I, I, I won't. I don't okay. think that I, I don't All think right. that I should practice accents on the critical thinking show. <laughs> as entertaining as it might be, there's no question. So, so, so where's the critical thinking there in that joke? Well, in order to appreciate the joke, you do have to, as we pointed out, um, you have to have this cultural knowledge. And so, yeah. if I was talking about, you know. We, some of the critical thinking might involve really being aware of the audience with this joke because it is a super simple one, right? I mean, yeah. Um, but but it has to be something where the people who are hearing the joke are going to know this, and not like they have to count in German in their head to get to it. Like like in order for this joke to land, everyone has to speak German, right? Because yeah, you have yeah. And I more. just I randomly know that, but I don't really speak German. So oh, yeah, yeah. Me neither. But, the, but this oh. is the thing though, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot, I mean, it's definitely a joke for a select audience. And so I would say one yeah. critical thinking move is know who you're telling the joke to, right? Well, yeah, if but in your delivery, student. yes, but in your delivery, if you said it with a German accent, that's people right. might be able to infer. So it could also be delivery. That's right, that's right. Although if I'm delivering it for this show, I don't know if I wanna do so much in addition to what I've already said about the accents and whatnot, I don't know if I want to do as much performative stuff with the jokes, just because I want there to, I, all we can really talk about is the language, like for the yeah. most part, like the, yeah. language and the assumptions. And so um, that kind of gives it away. Like maybe if you don't know German very well, uh -huh. like a German accent would cause you to maybe kind of get the joke or maybe you laugh, but you laugh at the unexpectedly good German accent coming out of Barnes or whatever. Okay, I'm with you. So, with all right, you. all right. So there you go. Tell that one around the dinner table tonight if you want, if you're in the, the beer hall. Okay, or all right. Speaking of the beer hall, a man goes into a bar and says, give me a drink before the trouble starts. And the bartender gives him a drink. He drinks it and says, give me another drink before the trouble starts. He downs that one and says, give me another drink before the trouble starts. He drinks it and says, give me another drink before the trouble starts and the bartender says when's this trouble gonna start the man says the trouble starts as soon as you realize that i don't have any money uh boom aha so so not a knee slapper for you no not a knee slapper but clever 
Okay. Okay. The Prairie Home yeah. Companion. Yeah. Feel free little... to send your jokes to Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook if you have a. Yeah, they can they can be you know kind of dry and clever like probably a lot in this book, or they could be maybe just a favorite joke that your grandparent told you. That's that right. You that's know, right. You know. Um, yeah. So before the trouble starts, so that the thing about that joke is it also relies on kind of knowing that um, idiom, you know, understanding that phrase, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does, but if you just know the language, I mean, it could really, I mean, someone could just come up to you and say that. Yeah. You might, you might, I mean, you might legitimately believe them that there is trouble coming. I mean, I'm not sure it's something you can use to get drinks or whatever, but but I do Don't think try that- try it, Brian. Don't try that. <laughs> I might, I thought about this one. I thought, you know, maybe if you come in with just the right affect, maybe you're able to pull this. And you, and you lay laugh and go, ah, get out of here, you crazy guy. Oh yeah, sure. Especially if you leave 20 <laughs> bucks on the board, maybe. <laughs> but I think this one is funny. I think this was, this one's funny if you appreciate the links to which some, if if the links to which some people will go to get free drinks, the the banter that occurs around a bar between bartenders and customers, um, you know, maybe, maybe again, if you just like the uh, the idea of there being a a practical joke that occurs. I mean, there's not there's not a huge amount. It's it's simply that the bartender is making an assumption that the 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 thing that the person is saying is somehow relevant to real life so we're going to start uh trying to bring in more critical thinking news and so um what we've done is we've searched through the internet not in any kind of an exhaustive way and we've come up with a few news stories or uh in this case, letters to the editor in newspapers or from around the country that mention critical thinking. And we're going to try to keep these really close to uh, the time that we're recording the show. So, for example, on December 20th of 2020, not that long ago, a big headline um, that we're used to seeing right now has, has to do with election tampering, right? Yeah, um, that's, that's right up there. And we have the Citrus County Chronicle, um, which is from Crystal River, Florida. Okay. Okay. And they have a letter to the editor, December 20th. It says, critical thinking says election fair. Okay. Critical thinking says that. Yeah. So what this, what this writer is saying, the writer of the uh, Thomas Mitchell... He says that if you use critical thinking to think about whether or not the election is fair, critical thinking techniques show that the election is fair. Ah, so if you use critical thinking as your filter to ask yourself, was there any election tampering, then rather than what you want to be true, critical thinking will show you that it was a fair election. Right. That's what, yeah, that's what he thinks. Um, okay. He says high school should be teaching students how to be critical thinkers uh, because, as we know, 
It teaches people to analyze information and make an objective judgment. This is, and he also says by impartially evaluating the facts related to a matter, they can draw realistic assumptions that will help them make logical and reasonable conclusions. All that, all that seems okay to me. All that seems okay, except for saying that it should have, or that it, because it doesn't happen in a lot of high schools. No, no, he, no, he's just saying they should. And they then, should. And then, yeah, okay. And then this With would him. be an outcome, right? Right. Yeah, and, and then he goes through in this letter um, and shows that, like he says, I'm a critical thinker and here's the information and facts I use to conclude that the election was fair and impartial. And so that's, you know, it's still, it, it's not a long read, but people can go check it out. I think that this is really interesting to see letters to the editor um, this, um, you know, in this last month. Uh, talking about critical thinking, you know, here in December. So uh, in his article, you said there were three different phrases you, you, I think it was three, three different things he, when he was describing what critical thinking is, um, you say what those three things, I think it was three that he said. In, well, he said, he said critical thinking allows people to analyze information. Okay, analyze information. Um, and it allows them to make an objective judgment objective judgment okay um, all right and it um there are actually a few things intertwined here um impartially evaluating the facts allows people to draw realistic assumptions there you go okay 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 so what he's done there, for those of you who are listening and saying, well, you know, they haven't really even described what critical thinking is. These, these two people, Brian people. and Patty. Yes, people. Yeah, they say that they're all they're about not community, robots. but they have not really said what it is. And so this gentleman, Thomas, I think you said his name is Thomas Mitchell. That's right. Has given us a nice set of uh, behaviors that help unpack, demystify what critical thinking is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a nice place to start. I mean, it's not exhaustive, but it's one page. No, it's a, but but it's useful because it takes this huge set of skills that fall under critical thinking. And he's just pointing out, he's just pulling out for the purposes of his argument, some of the things around, you know, accurate information and, um, objectively yeah so thanks thomas shout out to thomas yeah yeah absolutely thomas and shout out also to um the citrus county chronicle again from um crystal river florida for publishing thomas's opinion with regard to the usefulness of critical thinking. did he get any comments from readers below i did not look to see if if he did okay. um, just wondering yeah, yeah people can check that out if they like i don't okay. even all right. Um, there were some other letters to the editor that I found um, that were not as robust as Thomas's. One from the Toronto Sun, which talked about um, healthcare workers must use their own critical thinking during COVID. Oh, I read that, and I thought it was. I had a, a nice a light bulb moment by, I think it was a woman who wrote that. Yeah, yeah, supposed to have been a nurse, uh, uh, yeah, a woman, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really appreciated, there was one point she made that I thought was really salient. Go ahead. She said, this was really interesting. She said, as a nurse, she gave the example like healthcare workers 
you can't afford not to be a critical thinker during COVID, right? And and she talks about why it's really important for healthcare workers, especially. But she gave this this um, she gave this example of so as a nurse, one of the things I have to be a critical thinker about is if the doctor has left prescription uh, or, or instructions on giving out a drug or uh, a certain dosage of a drug. I can't just be an automaton and like give that medicine to that patient. I have to be looking at the instructions, be thinking about implications. I'm paraphrasing what she said. Right. And, and if that doesn't seem right, I have to ask questions. I have to speak up. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that, um, I did that too. point of view, right? Especially if you're, or one of your loved ones, the patients, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I did appreciate that. Um, I don't like hers as much as I like Thomas's because she doesn't walk us through really process. She talks about two points per se where someone would use critical thinking. And frankly, the one that she just mentioned, with all respect to her you know, role as a nurse, a lot of there are a lot of mechanisms that could be employed to double check. I mean, that's that may or may not be the best example of a critical thinking function, just sort of checking the accuracy, you know, double, double checking. You know, oh yeah, no, I didn't think that was her point wasn't accuracy. No, I, I didn't, I didn't, I took her point as being when you are in a role such as a nurse, you can't, you, what critical thinking involves is yes, checking accuracy, sure. But what she's saying is it's not just going through the motions, oh, the doctor said I need to do this, so I'm doing it. Instead, you're thinking of context, you're thinking of implications, you're, you're looking at instructions and you're going, okay, if something doesn't seem right. Uh, so I, I took that as a way to think about critical thinking and all that we do, are we just sort of like following instructions from our boss or doing whatever and going through the motions or are we actually engaging actively in what we're being told to do so that we're thinking uh, we have some intellectual autonomy that's how i that's how i read it yeah yeah i i see that i don't think at all that she's talking about intellectual autonomy because in the same paragraph she talks about she might face professional consequences for this error if she didn't catch, I mean, so, I mean, she's hardly being autonomous. She wants to make sure that she doesn't get in trouble. That's, that, that can still be critical thinking. I mean, she can still go through those processes and she talks about- Oh, okay. I, re I read that. I, I, I interpreted her point differently. Well, well, but I think that if you take that, I mean, I think if you take it at its most fair-minded, perhaps, you would get the kind of interpretation that you're talking about. I just don't, I don't see it quite that way because of her repeated return. This isn't the only place where she returns to the need to cover herself as her, you know, motivation, right? I mean, that's definitely in there. And I'm not saying that it's not important. I'm just saying that it's not, I don't find it as promoting intellectual autonomy as much as Thomas's does. You know, I think there's a lot of promoting following the rules that have been laid out by other people. 
Okay, see, I don't read that her point at all. So we don't need to belabor that. I, I read it read it as differently. Oh, but. it's okay. It's just interesting. I think if we're talking about critical thinking that you that I mean, you do have these two sides of a, of a coin, you know, so others should go out and check it. it's in the Toronto Sun. Uh, it's from uh, January. Maybe you could post those on our Facebook page. People could could take a look for themselves. Oh, yeah, sure. I can put them on the Facebook page. Why not? Let's do that. I found one review of the critical thinking movie about chess um that we oh that we talked about that our last show yeah and, but then when i went back to it i couldn't find it again so that was unfortunate uh -huh. it was in the los angeles times and i guess it got taken down for whatever reason um but um i do want to encourage people to go back and check our last episode of 2020 with um the the chess uh aficionado bill smith um and talking about this movie critical thinking uh this chess movie yeah folks and it go check it out on our facebook page or soundcloud yeah. um and check out the movie called critical thinking about the high school chess champs so yeah good stuff Absolutely. good stuff it's nice to know you're you're on the on the critical thinking case there brian barnes i'm doing what i can the um the last one do we do we want to do can we do one more of these or are we um sure well the last one of these um i think which was probably it, it was incredibly robust when it comes to what does critical thinking mean and i i don't know that we want to take so much time in talking about it but this um op-ed by Marco Carnelos um, from January 1 is a reaction to uh, former Defense Secretary Robert Gates's sort of letter to President-elect Biden about how to deal with foreign policy. And um, there are a lot of points in there that people may or may not agree with. I don't really think I agree with a lot of what this guy has to say in terms of um, approach on foreign policy. But He's provocative in that the title is, has the U.S. developed an immunity to critical thinking? And um, he mentions the same kind of thing we were just talking about. Um, he talks about how we use in the U.S. a sort of language around power and um, military might as a way to talk about leadership and that approach to leadership he thinks is unhelpful when we have a pandemic that needs to be led mm -hmm. needs to be led through um and he also says that the ways that the u.s tends to approach this um authoritarian kind of leadership it really undermines critical thinking and the Trump, you know, the Trump era may, has made that most pronounced because there's so much of, if you're not with me, you're against me, no matter what I'm saying, uh -huh. right? Which is of course antithetical to critical thinking. Um, but he, he thinks that that's sort of, uh, or at least my reading of it is that he thinks that that's kind of buried in the zeitgeist uh, now, that now we're gonna have to deal with more of that. It's in the news and so people can go yeah, this um, this publication, Mideast Eye, uh -huh. um, I'm, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. Um, it's, so, it looks like it's like a news 
It's a news site, it looks like. Yeah, it's a news site. Um, they talk about, I mean, as it says, right? I mean, they talk about, right. you know, political and military stuff a lot. Oh, interesting. In, in really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for calling that to our attention. MideastEye.net. Okay. Or no, MiddleEastEye.net. MiddleEastEye. That's the, the that's the URL. Don't, okay. Don't that one. Jeez. Okay. Who knows what that is? Okay. All right. Well, now we are, are, do you have more news or do we, are we, are we at the end of the critical thinking news for today? Uh, the item I have um, is news, but um, I think we should move on and then I can, if there's time, I'll, I'll either bring it up at the end or we can punt it to next week. Party on, it's your ball. Okay. So uh, we, in the past couple years, in early January, you and I have done some shows on resolutions. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Woo! 2021's gonna be awesome! Yes and the new year's resolutions and the research behind what helps people keep them or uh, the research behind habits and things like that. So we, yep. that's one of the things sometimes we do in early January. That's kind of one of our, our things we do. Sure. Have you done some of it? Uh, I've dabbled. I've dabbled. What about you? Have you? Um, no, no. I I, I mm, mm. I'm doing a lot of planning. You're doing so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have you set any resolutions for 2021? No, I'm I'm making plans. When you say you're making plans, what what do you mean by that? I don't believe in resolutions. Yeah. As we discussed on the show in the past, um, so I would say it's a good time from my point of view to. Maybe just because I get a little bit of downtime, it's a good time to think some of my rethink some of my systems. Oh yeah, it's my, between semesters for you. Yeah, some of yeah. my approaches to living. I mean, I, I don't have time to do a lot of it. I don't have a huge. I mean, thank God, rarely is something broken, right? Yeah, that I have to deal with it. But um, but I do think that um, that's that's something I'm thinking about, you know, so for example, this morning, the alarm went off at six so that yeah. I could go to the gym and, and, um, engage in that activity at, at six and, and build that new habit of early morning and? exercise. And I turned it off and went right back to sleep. <laughs> and I thought, this is, this is something to think about a little more. Perhaps this needs more thought. So well, you know what I was doing at 6 a.m., don't you? Probably at the gym. I was at the gym. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely inspired. And I know, and I hope <laughs> others out there who are looking for inspiration will look um, no further than our show. You'd be, be selective. No, and I'm not saying that to try to be uh, smug a little bit, maybe a little. Well, uh, I, went, I went into it with my, my, a little of my thinking was that I was playing tennis again later today. Yeah. See, that surprised so, me when you said that, because I knew you played tennis today. So it's like, to me, it would demotivate me if I'm going to be spent playing tennis later. I'm probably not going to want to get up and go to the gym. 
Well, what I want to do is I want to start doing some slightly different activities from what I'm doing normally. Yeah. Unfortunately, the the material, the equipment for most of those is is at the gym. Okay. Well, you know what? I just want to make this an open invitation. You and I live, you live a block away from me. I will swing by on one of my mornings and I'll pick you up at 540. <laughs> We will go to the, you can be my guest at the gym. I kickboxing class at six. Well, why are you laugh? Why'd you laugh like that? I'm being serious. Oh, I know you are. That's why I laughed. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, if in case we're still on the joke segment, the reason that was funny for anyone who's checking in was because Patty was acting as if I was really motivated to get up and be ready at 5.45 in the morning for just about anything. Um, if it was like, like if we were dealing with Colonel Patty or something, sure, I mean, I'll be out there and whatever you told me to wear um, at 5.45. <laughs> but um, short of that, and these days, not even that, frankly. So I don't know, I don't know. Um, I appreciate the invitation. I think that if I could get up at 5.45, I'd probably just go run around the block. Oh, if I, just, if I could just do that, I could jog to the gym, frankly. Okay. All right. You know what? Okay. I'm going to, I am going to, I might need some motivation though, to help me. Okay. What if, okay. So let me lay this on you. This is, this is related to the topic of the show about habits. And what if I said to you, okay, to tomorrow morning, I'm going to come down to your bedroom window, which I know is on the first floor, so I can actually access your window. And I'm going to knock on the window at 550. Uh -huh. And you're, you're going to just put on sweatpants or whatever, easy, roll out of bed, put it on. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to come outside and, and we're going we're gonna to do a couple laps around the block. Uh -huh. And we can even talk, we can even, you know, while we're doing that, kind of be talking about your day or my day, you know, using it intellectually, productively, as well as, what do you think? What would I keep think you this might work for some people. I think that the dog alarm is going to go off, and if anybody taps on the window, and that's going to be a disaster at 545 <laughs> in the morning. You so know what? Okay, I forgot about that. So this is how we get around that at my house, because I have a dog. Okay. Yeah, what do you do? I... You drug the dog. No. Good thinking. No. Yeah. The dog is in the bedroom. So when I get up and leave the bedroom, he... So so then then there's no, there's no barking because he sees that it's me. So what we would do is I would text you when I'm on my way down, when I'm leaving my house. So all you do is slip out of the room. The dogs wouldn't bark then, right? Oh, I mean, who knows, right? These are these are great strategies. We'll have to see, we'll have to see how they work. I mean, everybody needs strategies, right, for figuring these things out. Um, okay, all right, we better move on. Clearly, helpful if you can get someone to help you talk them through, which I think is the point of of Patty's strategy. Well, no, it wasn't talking you through. It was trying to help you create. If that's what you really want, I'm offering to be an accountability buddy. 
There you go. This is a really some really interesting research about resolutions. It's from an article called, um, oh man, I lost the title. I don't know but, that journal. <laughs> it's by Arthur Brooks. It's from the Atlantic. And it's from a series on, on how to build a life. It's like a biweekly column on the question of meaning and happiness. So, you know, the question of meaning and happiness, that's part of your wheelhouse as a philosopher. So you are gonna love this stuff. Oh, so, yeah. So every, every other week, he is gonna write about meaning and happiness and, and like, a, like a life hack in this area. I so, think that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so he's talking about resolutions and you know he gives lots of research and then he gives two really compelling suggestions at the end of what to do. Like if you're gonna focus on anything, he gives two things. Okay. But before we dive into those two things, let's talk a little bit about resolutions. What are the most common, he lists the most common resolutions people make. What um, do you think are the one, two, three, four, five areas, five things that, um, can you name any, think of the most common things that people try to change when they can, right. say they're going to change? Five things. Um, everybody out there, go ahead and guess with us. Um, okay, what's one of them? Use your uh, best thinking to come up with stuff. I'll say people resolve to lose weight. That's 42%. That's one of them. Okay, people resolve to... Um, change jobs? Nope. Eh. People resolve to um, eat better. Yes, bing, bing, bing. That's number two. That's 51%. People resolve to... Um, what else do people resolve to do? To save money. Uh, yep, that's one of them. Yep, good. That's three out of the five. We got two more. Do people resolve to exercise more or is that related to losing? That's number four. And then, oh, wow. yeah, you're doing good. But the last one would- Angie got that, that up last All right, time. good job, Angie. The last one, <laughs> the last one is paying down debt. Oh yeah, I figured that had to be part of something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. so those are the five things. So I did make that resolution. You did? I did. And it's a couple days in, are you doing anything? So far, so good. Yeah, good. it's definitely Proud on, of you. Proud of you because guess what? What percent of people are still committed to the resolutions by June? By June? Mm-hmm. Yep. Three percent? Well, they say fewer than half. So three does count as fewer. I'd say far fewer than half. And they find actually other surveys found it was six percent. Yeah, I'd 6%. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so he's kind of says that like people tend to you know because a new year new you know it's sort of a natural time but here's the reason he says they fail all right because the resolutions they choose don't match their true goal of greater happiness meaning yep that's you know, for propaganda is it oh yeah yeah that's that, that's dog whistle for philosophers right there in what way um, now we can talk about things that are definitely squarely in my wheelhouse and I've got language and training for this. Uh oh. Everybody could, I mean, pretty much if you had a, 
if you took a degree in philosophy where you looked at the history of philosophy at all, you touched this topic. I mean, it's very yeah. core. Yeah. Well, um, the, the, the idea of what, what actually brings happiness in life, you mean? Yeah, because, you know, there are all kinds of ways to think about it. Like, you know, how do you even determine that? I mean, I don't want to steal the dude's thunder or whatever, but I mean, how do you determine um, what happiness is? Is it a thing that maybe is worthy of my attention? Like I decide to pursue it or is it a thing that I just get hit with it out of nowhere and I don't want to pursue it but it's the only thing it's the only thing that makes this life worth living right or is it some sort of thing where I can go and get a little bit of happiness from these different sources over here and that can end up contributing in some way to my aggregate happiness in ways that I can right. I mean, right. I mean what are we even what are we even talking about? Is it built in? Was I pre that time when I got so blown away that the only thing I wanted to do was spend time with the girl for those months that I just couldn't even think about anything else? Was I predisposed? Was I set up somehow before I was even born? Philosophers might ask. Wow. Connect with this specific other person on the specific, you know, you just go, ah, philosophy. Bleh! Philosophy kind of so. takes the, the happiness out of talking about happiness. I think almost everyone says so. <laughs> okay, well, all right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's four habits, he says, that help you be successful with resident. Four habits. Okay. If you want to really be successful, let me tell you what the four habits is it successful, are. Okay, is it success at being happy? Is that what we're talking no, about? Uh, no, we're going back to resolutions for a minute here. Okay, Roger. Okay, okay, so your resolution, didn't you say it was to pay down debt? That is a resolution I did make, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, here's the first habit you have to cultivate or the first trait, habit of mind, we would say in critical thinking, okay? To, to get that, that done. The first one is what he calls practicing. He calls it self-liberation, but what he means is strengthening willpower by reinforcing the belief that one can change. What we would call in higher ed or in learning, we call self-efficacy, right? A belief that, oh, I can do this. That's the number one thing. You have to believe you can be successful. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, so, I, do, I do this all the time, so I've got that. Okay, so you, okay, all right, good. That's why it's barely a resolution because I just do this every year. Okay, anyway. but here's the thing. <laughs> for people, here's the thing, Brian, for people who have chosen a resolution where they've maybe never done it before and there may be part of their mind, they're like, ah, pay down debt or stop smoking or go to bed early or whatever it is, or, you know, how, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I've never done that before successfully. I was thinking about this. You know what helped me be successful when I lost all that weight last year? What was that? That you did it first. Oh, yeah. You like you like what? You like models? You like examples? You like you like following a blaze trail? What is it? What, is it um, what I think it is in that case. So you started your weight loss program around this time last year. That's right. Yeah. And, and by yeah. March, you had lost like 20 pounds. And so I had seen you, this was before the pandemic. So I was seeing you every week when we were doing the show. Yeah. And I was like, wow, Brian's lost a lot of weight. 
And so for me, what it was, was there's all these weight loss programs out there, but seeing that you were successful with that program mm. and kind of asking you a few questions, I went, oh, well, I think I could do that. Like Brian has demystified what he's doing. I think I could do that. So that was some self-efficacy. I got you. And that's pretty cool too. You know, I don't, I don't think if I told, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this last year when Angie and I started this thing, but I said to myself, maybe only that I was going to check it out for critical, for the critical thinking show. Really? Yeah. I was just going to look at it. Maybe it's something to talk about for the critical thinking show. We'll give it a try. And, you and here you are a year I later. The whole, the whole year advertising for Noom. Well, yeah, if people are out there listening, we, we Brian and I both use Noom, N-O-O-M, this app, and uh, that helps you learn new skills and habits and track and be accountable for your uh, your activity and your food intake. But anyway, you here we are a year later, you have kept off your weight. So far, so good. And I have kept off my weight that I lost in the spring during COVID lockdown, but it's effort. It is effort every day. It is it is F, it is not something I feel like I can just check out like mentally. I have to stay. It's like critical thinking. I have to, I have to constantly make decisions with that filter. Sure. Is that part of the resolution suggestion as well? Um, let's That's see. Like well, the, let's the keep problem. going. Let's keep going. So the first habit is this idea of strengthening. I can do it. Self-efficacy. So I would recommend to people out there like when you have the resolution, have a plan for how you're going to do it, right? Give yourself uh, some kind of roadmap. Oh, I can do this, right? Here's the skills I need. The second one is reward yourself for ongoing success. Uh, it's so hard to do. That is really hard to do because like, you're like, oh, hey, I lost five pounds. I'm going to go have this nice cupcake. <laughs> I tell you. Right. It's reward crazy, yourself. Yeah. How do you reward yourself for saving money without spending money? Paying down uh, debt. How do you, um, what do you, how are you going to reward, the, Brian, how are you going to reward yourself on your goal to, to pay down debt? Well, I have a, I have some long-term goals um, that I want to accomplish when I get the debt paid down. So that's yeah. moving toward that is helpful because I have sort of a, a plan set up to incrementally wipe out the debt that I'm holding and so, or some of it, at least the stuff that I've targeted. Um, and so that I think can be relatively easily managed in a way that I can see it happening. Like it can happen. It's going to happen in relatively big um, hits. Big, big. Okay. Right? So, yeah. so, so it's not going to be a sort of thing where I have to get out a magnifying glass to figure out what were the changes in my accounts it'll be real, if I follow my plan, it'll be relatively dramatic. Okay. Um, and those, I know that those give me a lot of feedback. Okay. So you get, it's almost like a dopamine thing. Like, wow, I watched my balance go down. It's like when we get on the scale with Noom or, or whatever weight loss thing, and you see the scale, the number go down and that feeling of like, wow, that's almost kind of a sense of reward for for, in fact, sometimes I would use that as a motivation when I would say, oh gosh, I'd like to keep eating this bag of chips. And I'd say to myself, but I'm going to stop because I'm going to be really unhappy in the morning if I eat the rest of this bag of chips and I get on the scale. So I would almost use like the, like the anti-reward, like I'm going to be really, my future self is going to be really unhappy. <laughs> yeah, so, that works. I mean, for sure. That works Especially, for me. So yeah, rewarding, you. finding you for rewarding yourself. That's really 
that's people need to think that put that in place sure the third thing is avoiding situations or temptations so again a common one with food right don't put the um don't buy the snack food don't put it visually where you're going to remember it right yeah. and then the, the flip side is making sure you stock your food or stock your fridge with foods that are healthy right so you're right you're priming the pump. So how are you going to avoid temptation or situations when you're trying to pay down debt? What's the avoid thing you're going to do? Uh, the main thing that I do, I try to do is to focus on the resources that I have. I have an abundance of resources when it comes to, to daily purchases, um, food and stuff like that. Um, the thing that historically makes it hard for me to accomplish the paying down of debt that I accumulate is um, sort of engaging in my luxurious tastes. So, so you have to avoid your luxurious taste. Give us an example. Uh, going to a restaurant instead of eating the food that's at the place. Okay, so how are you going to avoid the temptation to stop and get takeouts on the way home? What are you going to do? Well, I'm just, I'm planning, you know, I'm oh, trying planning. to think, yeah, I'm right. trying to think through what I'm eating in a certain day. And I've got, like I said, I've got, I've just got an abundance of things to eat. Um, so, which of course creates a different problem because I also, I've been able to kind of main, I haven't been able to do any weight loss at all since the holidays but I've been able to maintain. So now it's like, ah, well, I'd like to get back on that train again. And it's like, ah, but these cookies or whatever, like I've got a mountain of things here. They're going, ah, but won't I be delicious? Am only 300 calories or whatever. So, um, you know, that's a real, that, that creates a counter problem, maybe an additional problem um, that is uh, related to me solving the first problem, but I'm willing to struggle with it. Right. Okay. So avoiding situations or temptations, we're going to, we're going to have you report back later, regular periodically about this. Sure. And then the fourth thing is engaging in positive thinking, envisioning success. So you, you need to kind of keep envisioning. So remember, remember I gave the, I gave, just gave the example of, I'm not going to eat these chips tonight because I'm envisioning. I want to be on the scale tomorrow morning and I want to feel like happy, even if I haven't lost weight, I haven't gained because I ate all these chips. I do understand. Okay. Yep. So let you got to have some positive, are you envisioning success for your paying down debt? Yeah, I tend to uh, write it out. That helps a lot. Like I, I write it out kind of um, week by week or month or month by month, how it's going to go. And then I'm, I I'm proud of you. Yeah, then I just make sure I hit those numbers. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I'm going to skip to the end about the two. So we talked about in this article, if anyone wants to, we'll post it on the Facebook page. But um, he talks about those four habits. Again, remember, do you remember the four habits, Brian? Um, let's see. So we should envision success. Yep, that's, that's one of them. We talked about. Um, we should, nope, already forgot the other three. Okay, they are uh, self-efficacy. 
All right. You can do it. Set, yes. you know, create the path that tells you, you know, the things you need to put in place so you can do it. Yes. Uh, reward yourself for success. Yes. And avoid situations of temptation. And engage in positive thinking. I know. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to have you report back on that. So he says, here are two things though, that he says that he would like to recommend that everybody do. Okay. okay. Yep. Everybody. He says everybody. like, I'd have resolutions, but this is for everyone, right? Even like people critical don't thinking. Like him. Even people don't like Arthur Brooks. Yeah. Here's the two things he says, you can focus on forgiveness and gratitude. And, and, and yeah. Good. You yeah. Good. He could. And he said, one of the things that you can do around forgiveness is letting go. And he talks about the statistics that people hold on to grudges or hold on to resentment. And he says, there's this four step thing that this research project did. And if you are holding on to, if you need to forgive someone, he says, there's actually five, it's, 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 a, it's an acronym, it re, spells REACH. And what you do is recall the hurt, that's the R, you empathize, empathize with the offender. All right. right. So that's a critical thinking move. Think from their point of view, what's sure. going on with them. You get, you know, separation from your own feeling. Number three, altruistic gift of forgiveness. I, I envision like you're actually imagining you're handing them forgiveness, like you're reaching out, picture that. Uh-huh. Four, commit commit to letting go of whatever that, that, or commit to the forgiveness and H hold on to the forgiveness. And I almost imagine that is something you would might need to do. You might need to go through the reach every day. You might have like a, but over time you begin to let go. That's uh, that's, he said, that's a gift you can give yourself is yeah. let go. What do you think of that? I think it's important to let go. I mean, I think that, um, you know, you, you, end up hurting yourself quite a bit when you carry around old grudges and, and stuff like that, especially when it, you know, leads to, you know, contemporary inconvenience or discomfort or something like that. I mean, after a while, you just wonder sometimes, in my experience anyway, um, what the value is of that. And sometimes it seems heavier to continue to carry the, you know, the grudge, as it were, than to just let it go. Let it go. Right. And sometimes it involves opening ourselves up to new harm, which of course people don't want to do. And I think that's why a lot of people continue to hold those grudges because then they don't have to set themselves up to get, you know, messed with by this person or the situation again. Um, but it does over, you know, over years or whatever, these things, um, in my experience, they're, they're, they have, they take quite a toll on their own. Yes. There certainly is a, a huge amount of, you know, literature that <laughs> discusses this topic if people want, you know, to take a maybe a less heavy view of it. Yeah. So, so, um, so thank you for taking that seriously. Um, the other thing he says is gratitude is he talks about a lot of the research around how gratitude can really practicing intentional everyday deliberate thankfulness and gratitude for things that you're in your life actually show long-term create huge dividends of happiness for people reporting on the self-reporting. So here's the simple thing he recommends. Okay. okay yep. Here's how you can do this. He says, 
take 15 minutes on New Year's Day. And if, folks, if you haven't done this, you, it's still New Year's week. You could still do it. Take 15 minutes on New Year's Day. Write down five things you're grateful for. Each evening before going to bed, study your list for five minutes. Each week, update the list by adding two items. So each week, you're just adding two things. So he said he personally does this. And he tells you that he says the list gets easier and easier to build. And since I do my best thinking while walking, I ponder my list in a 20 minute walk alone after dinner in the cool of the evening. Okay. And so you, you, you folks out there, you don't have to follow that particular, right? I'm going to go for a walk after dinner, come up with my list. There might be maybe on your commute, maybe while you're waiting in line, maybe while you're waiting for the water to boil because you're you're making a healthy dinner instead of going get takeouts with Brian. Yeah. Um, you can be thinking about what are your things you're grateful for and you're gonna add to the list. And so he says, you can look at forgiveness and gratitude as resolutions to work on to raise your happiness rather than fleeing emotions you can't control. So mm -hmm. focus on the things you can do. I thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah, well, I mean, that sounds like, um you know, time-tested advice. So maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll try it. We will look for you to report back as well. Okay. I'll try it. I'll tell you what, I'll try it and report back. Okay. That sounds terrific. Thank you for uh, conducting an experiment in the name of good thinking. And you too. Yes, indeed. And we hope that all of you will be conducting your own experiments in terms of good thinking uh, as we go into the new year. Thank you for enjoying our show today. Please reach out to us again through Facebook, Critical Thinking for Everyone, and please support Forward Radio. Um, we know that um, sometimes the thinking gets difficult and uh, it's, it's sometimes really challenging to know uh, what kinds of tips and tricks and tools might really help me do better thinking in certain situations. So we appreciate you tuning into this show in order to get a little bit more insight into those tools, which are used all over the place. And, and even if you're just becoming aware of them, keep in mind, they've been around for a long time. They're for everyone. Even you. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. I sure hope you enjoyed the show. Please consider making a donation to Forward Radio. This stuff only happens with community support. It is a labor of love out of the Hayburn building in downtown Louisville, and we need your support. We need your time, your treasure. We need your leadership and technical talents. Please consider in 2021 giving a little time and a little bit of cash. We need at least 20 bucks a day, please, to Forward Radio. Forwardradio.org to check it out. Have some great thinking this week. Talk with you soon. Please stay safe.